Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. A lot of stuff to get to on today's show, so it's going to move fast here in the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Our next guest is the new athletic director at Portland State, John Johnson. He's got some experience in the Big Sky Conference. He's been at Washington State. He's been at Nebraska. He joins us now. I'm going to ask you about this Big Ten thing, but let's first start with Portland State. Like, uh, you know, you got boots on the ground. Uh, give me an idea when you're starting a job like this. Uh, year one, what are you focused on? Well, and first off, thank you for having me on the on, on your radio show. And I'd like to wish everybody a happy Fourth of July. Um, but, yeah, you know, spending the first time uh, – in, in a while in the Big Sky Conference, you know, I'm taking the time to really assess, listen, and learn. Uh, uh, lucky enough uh, in my first two or three weeks to be at the Big Sky Conference uh, spring meetings to get a feel for the league and see what changes and thoughts are different than when I was there last. Uh, but also, most importantly, getting a feel for Portland State. Uh, I've been, and which I have done, at all the stops I've been, really spending time, and I have listened and learned sessions with each unit. So I get to know the staff, uh, talk about the positives, advantages, challenges that we might have, and it really helps you get a jump on it rather than, as we talk about in athletics, going through a, a, a cycle. Um, it just gives a better feel for, uh, you know, the program, et cetera, particularly when I came kind of late in the in the year, uh, you know, some of the planning is done, scheduling is done, et cetera. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's great to be back in the Northwest. I, I think it's interesting to, you know, Portland State's at a time where we're all kind of wondering, you know, what's the model, where do they fit in college athletics? You're watching, you know, the, the uh, landscape in football, especially <laughs> shifting before our eyes. Where do you sort of see Portland State in, in the landscape? Well, you know, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I really, you know, I've been lucky enough to be at uh, both levels as a player in the Big Sky Conference and many years as an athletic director and then at the Power Five, but at various levels of the Power Five and in a couple of leagues. But, you know, the changes from a football standpoint, and we're kind of known by football, our designations determine where we're at and, and, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about 60 or perhaps 70 schools at a certain level, and there's another 300 Division One schools that are more like the Big Sky Conference, more like Portland State than not, and really believe there's a home for uh, schools like us and the AAAs. And, and quite frankly, I believe, and we said this at our Big Sky meetings, uh, that you know, America kind of likes the collegiate model, and uh, and uh, you know that's the big sky and the one triple A's, et cetera. I really believe that uh, 
and there's a home for us. We just got to wait for everything to settle in. And there's a place for football at uh, not only the FCS level or the one double A we used to call it, but also division two NAIA and division three. John Johnson, our guest, Portland state's athletic director. You grew up with five sisters. What is that like? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, and no brothers, but uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. And uh, uh, quite frankly, there were some days where I spent a lot of time with my dad. We were outnumbered uh, six to two, uh, so we didn't have many votes. But uh, Oliver Mern Spokane and took care of my elderly parents and really proud to be called their brother. But it was a challenge at times that my mom always said, uh, I'm going to keep you tired because I was a little bit rambunctious, and that's how I got involved in sports. So uh, all my sisters were involved in sports at different levels, and sports were important to us. And my mom and dad didn't have the opportunity uh, to compete uh, uh, at the places that they were at, although my dad did do some cowboying in, in uh, Wyoming when he was a young man. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a challenge. Uh, uh, for sure at times, particularly with one bathroom. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and amen to that. Uh, look, I, but I also think you learn, you learn compromise, you learn problem solving, don't you, when you're, when you're in a dynamic like that. Uh, John Johnson is with us. Uh, l- let me ask you, you're, you're watching the Pac-12 lose UCLA yeah. and USC. You were at Nebraska. You were at Washington State. Um, there's part of this that I find sad, but it is, I guess, the reality of this this uh, era of college athletics. What do you make of all that? Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, I didn't see it coming. And uh, on uh, Monday and Tuesday, there were many of us at NACTA, which is our National Association Collegiate Director of Athletics, and saw many of our colleagues from not only the Big Ten. Uh, uh, also the SEC, but also the Pac-12, and had conversations, some of my friends from the Mountain West as well, and they didn't see this coming, and certainly I didn't either. It was a great uh, uh, a great secret, but it is. It, it was unique. Um, I guess as you look back and think about it, the scheduling alliance might have opened the doors that the Big Ten and the ACC created with the Pac-12 after the uh, SEC uh, expanded with Texas and Oklahoma, but yeah, it does because I think sports are wonderful because they're regional. And as I go back to your last question, that you know what, I really believe that there's a home for all of us. And I'm I go back to the the NCAA tournament and why it's important to CBS Sports, etc., is because that tournament and there's interest in the tournament in uh, Pocatello, Idaho, and Cheney, Washington, and Seattle and Portland, Lexington, Kentucky as well. So it's more broad-based. And uh, uh, certainly uh, the days are gone when, you know, conferences are really regional. I think alignments are happening for, at that level for sure, for the financial trade-offs. You know, I'm not going to speak to the, Pac-12 and what's gone on with their media rights. It's been a few years since I've been there, but certainly it's uh, well documented that they were a bit behind compared to some of the other conferences, but certainly we're moving towards the time of super conferences. We thought, quite frankly, that was going to happen, I believe, and it was just a matter of how it was going to shake down.
We're talking to John Johnson, Portland State's athletic director. What did you learn at Washington State in Nebraska that you can use at Portland State? Well, I think, you know, two different situations uh, for sure. Uh, loved my time at Washington State growing up in Spokane. Had great friends there. Jim Sturk, who was a colleague of mine uh, uh, in the Big Sky Conference, hired me there. And it was kind of fun to go home and go uh, to uh, 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 back to, to Washington State. And then Bill Moose took me to Nebraska. Really two different parts of the country. And I will say this, John, I really believe that all athletic departments, all the issues are the same. Some just have an extra zero. And I really believe that many of the issues are the same. And I think at those levels, uh, because of the amount of resources you have, not only in financial, but in people resources, you come up with more creative ways to get stuff done. And I think that's what has taught me that I'd look at media differently than I did if I hadn't been at the Power Five. I look at uh, approaches in fundraising, social media, selling tickets that – you experience at those levels and you know nebraska has been sold out since 61 and then at washington state you know we had some challenges and 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 did some great facilities and made the programs better and quite frankly very competitive and we had our challenges as well and we became very creative there and i think i can take some of those best of both to portland state as kind of a resource that you know what we did it this way have we thought about this how do we use campus how do we get more ingrained in campus and in the community because uh you know portland state is was developed for the city of portland and we need to be integrated in the city and be part of the solutions in the future speaking of solutions you've got a football team playing out in hillsborough you've got a draw there you want to draw crowds there how do you draw to hillsborough and how do you support bruce barnum's program as the ad well, I think I think number one, you know, I need to get through a season. Uh, uh, unfortunately, when I was in the league and also as a student athlete, you know, I competed in Civic Stadium. So, uh, you know, haven't been to a game there. Uh, uh, came late enough in the year, I didn't even get to a softball game there. So, you know, I need to review and assess that. But certainly, we're going to be very targeted in our approach, working with my team. I have. A couple of positions that I think will be very crucial to our uh, long-term success and our strategic planning as we move forward. Um, Associate AD for external, which will help bring ticketing, et cetera, uh, position in fundraising, as well as a deputy director of athletics that will work in the internal areas to, to give me another set of eyes in the department, but then I can focus on the external areas, which you know, I think is, is key, but need to evaluate that and see, okay, what, it, what is the best approach for Portland State going into the future? What options do we have? Uh, there's, um, you know, two or three options that are going on uh, uh, right now. Uh, uh, just evaluating all that as, you know, pretty new to the program and want to get through part of a season anyway. To support, you know, uh, Bruce Barnum in football, I think, you know, what are the things that we need to do to make the program better? And uh, can't do everything all at once, but we've spent a lot of time, and hey, this this would really help us. Little things such as, you know, weight room and fueling stations, uh, helping in recruit recruiting, uh, having experience uh, as a, a student athlete, I think really is beneficial. It 
plus, you know, I understand Bruce, you know, we, uh, 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 played under the same coach. We, we have very similar philosophy from a football standpoint. Clearly I don't do any coaching and don't profess to be, but at least I have a feel for the sport and some of the things that make you better. And I think one thing that has happened since the last time I was at Portland state is the development of the Stott center, a uh, nice weight room, very functional weight room, uh, improvements there. And I think with all our sports, you win games in the off season, and certainly the Stott Center with office situations much better than it was. We're all in the same building, which which helps create a culture of togetherness and in this together. And I think it's very important. The Oregon State team will play a game this year at um, uh, at Providence Park against yeah. Montana State. Does that open the door for PSU in future years to come back to the stadium? Well, you know, you know, there might, and of course, that's a unique situation. Oregon State's, uh, you know, finishing up their facility, and, and um, from what I understand, it's going to be beautiful and, and good for Scott Barnes and his team for being able to do that. But you know, certainly, uh, it might open up an opportunity. I'm getting to know them. In fact, I was a guest at the Timbers game on Saturday night. It's the first time in the facility since they had renovated it, and, uh, you know, they do a nice job. And going to meet with their folks and see what opportunities we might have, uh, although I certainly understand their business model and, and you know, they want it for uh, uh, their two teams, but perhaps we can work together in the future. And, uh, and you know, that could be a possibility, but certainly, uh, you know, it's been a while since we played there, and, you know, their focus is on, you know, winning their championship as well. We're talking to John Johnson, Portland State Athletic Director. Uh, you are going to play in the BFT Foundation Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, you know, I love that you're going to go out there. You're going to get a chance to, you know, let us get to know you in person a little bit. But your wife is a, uh, a fantastic golf coach. She has coached at, at the highest levels of college uh, athletics. Uh, can she coach you? Are you coachable on the course? No, I'm not that good an athlete, number one. Um, she just tells me to keep my head down and hit the ball, that I don't practice enough for her to give me a lesson, which I agree with that. Uh, but uh, very talented uh, coach and uh, did a terrific job at not only the University of Idaho, Boise State, but also at Nebraska when, quite frankly, they hadn't been very good for a while and, and, and kind of did it with freshmen and sickles and hoes a bit. And... Uh, uh, really is fun. She's retiring now from coaching. She's going to be a mom, and but uh, certainly you want her on your scramble team. Uh, but I'm very pleased that I was I got into your tournament, and I look forward to meeting people and learning about your foundation. But yeah, she's a lot better than I am, and and I'm good with that. Uh, John Johnson, welcome to Portland. I appreciate you making time for us. We'll get you back on. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you in a couple weeks. That's Portland State's athletic director. He's got a challenge in front of him. they got to find a football stadium. they got to find their place like everybody else in college athletics. I want you to leave it here. you got the BFT statewide. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, a lot to talk about 
in the last uh, few days. Just took a call during the commercial break from a, a Pac-12 athletic director who's hopping mad. I asked him, "Would you have, uh, would you have done what USC and UCLA did, given uh, the circumstances?" And I think it's a fair question because I think you know today I had an administrator at USC say. Uh, everybody in the Pac-12 would have done this. There's no lie. And the truth is UCLA needed the money. UCLA had a bunch of debt. They had to pay it off. They needed the cash. They, uh, you know, they, they needed the money. But did USC need to destroy the Pac-12 conference to get what it needed to get? And, the, and what I gathered this morning, and I wrote it again, if you want to read it, it's at johnconzano.com, but... What I gathered this morning is that USC and UCLA kind of independently moved down this path. They were both moving in the same direction. They were not communicating about it. They were both talking to Fox and the Big Ten Conference. But then in the end, in the 11th hour, I am told they did have a conversation. There was a meeting or a phone call between Mike Bone, the AD at USC, and Martin Jarman, the AD at UCLA. And they spoke, and they said, hey, we got a lot of differences. We uh, have different challenges. Uh, We're rivals. But, gosh, we're on the same page when it comes to making this move. And I think the frustration is among Pac-12 ADs, and I'm telling you that a Pac-12 AD on the commercial break called me. He said, Larry Scott led us down this path. Larry Scott led us down this path. Those words. Um, Also, though, George Klyovkov had had one job, and I thought George Klyovkov had a fantastic 364 days in his first year on the job. Day 365, he got hit like it was a bag of bricks hitting him. And on day 365, he lost USC, which you can't do if you're the Pac-12 commissioner. Was George Klyovkov too nice? That is a question that I am pondering. He made this alliance deal with Kevin Warren of the Big Ten where he got everybody talking about scheduling. Big Ten teams were talking to Pac-12 teams, including UCLA and USC. He opened the door there, and he trusted Kevin Warren of the Big Ten. He uh, then trusted Carol Folt, the uh, president of USC. He trusted Martin Jarmon, the athletic director at UCLA, and he trusted Gene Block at UCLA. Um, he took him at face value. Do you hold that against George Klyovkov? I have a hard time, like, saying, uh, hey, you know what his fault was? He was too nice. But that came up in my phone call in the commercial break. Two things. One, uh, Larry Scott led the conference down this path. The, the, the sad thing is that the Pac-12 conference now has a matter of days, if not weeks, where it needs to figure out and stabilize what is going on. This is crisis management mode for the Pac-12. So as I spoke to the athletic director during the commercial break, I had like four minutes. He uh, attempted to call me during the last segment when I was talking to John Johnson, texted him, said, let me call you back on the break. Is this urgent? You know, whatnot. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, is somebody leaving the conference again? And no, he was just checking in and saying, uh, he said, hey, I listened to your radio show yesterday. A lot of the ADs in the conference uh, listen to the podcast or listen to the show because we're, you know, it's Wilner and I and we're talking about the Pac-12 and there's really not another show in the Pac-12 conference footprint that covers the conference in this way. And and uh, he says, you know, uh, it, it, we are all in the same position. Nobody knew this was happening. Should 
George Klyovkov have known? It's going to be a question that's going to come up. And why did USC feel like this was the path? Because there was another way if you're USC. If you cared about the tradition of the conference and all that stuff that doesn't generate revenue, and you're like me, you care about that stuff, you have to be asking yourself, was there a way where USC could get what it wanted, UCLA could get what it wanted, but you still include the Pac-12 conference and keep it whole so you preserve 107 years of history and you don't nuke the Rose Bowl, so to speak? I kind of got to think that there was a way if USC and UCLA were interested in trying to walk that line. I'm not saying that it was, hey, let's take the whole conference with us, but maybe there was a way. But I guess the fear of USC and UCLA is that, you know, you start to involve other parties and the deal unravels. Again, they they began talking last year and then picked the talks back up just a couple of months ago. Um, I'm really curious to see how athletes at those schools are going to feel as they get on planes to travel halfway across the country or all the way across the country to compete in events. I'm really curious to see, in the end, if the Pac-12 can stabilize itself. And I'm curious to find out, like, you know, what was the cause at USC? Because UCLA is along for the ride here, if we're being real. The Big Ten wasn't coming to L.A. just to get UCLA. They were coming to get USC. USC was the one program that the Pac-12 could not lose. Couldn't lose it, and yet they did. I want you to leave it here. Some parting thoughts coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.